0: Hi everyone, PK here. Thank you for being with me once again. You know, after speaking to literally, I kid you not, like thousands of property investors over the years, I've sort of realized that most of us are, we're sort of working towards a little over $100,000 of passive income net after all expenses. Okay. And in this week's episode, I want to kind of delve a little bit deeper into some really, really important technical aspects about property investing. The first one is should you buy a discounted property in a bad area versus going for capital growth in a good area? You know, everyone talks about, I got this property under market value. It's under bank valuation. i got an absolute steal. You know, should you prioritize getting an under market value. You can see it on lots of promotions, a lot of advertising from buyers, agents, and even me sometimes, you know, should you prioritize that or should you prioritize buying in a good area where it might be a bit hot, not so much opportunity to get a discount, but you know, you're going to get the capital growth. Okay. What is the best way strategically to achieve Passive income. And the second question is how to start investing in property. Okay. I know you guys, a lot of you still not started yet and why you don't need a financial planner. Okay. So obviously none of this is financial advice, but that doesn't mean that you need to go to a financial planner and fork out $5,000 for very little value. Okay, those are the two Q&As and look, the audio quality, bear with me. This is just raw, real, authentic. Sometimes I'm recording outside just when I feel like it. I'm just sharing with you um what I know best and I'm and I'm doing it when I feel motivated to do so. So it might not always be in front of a, a studio setup like I am right now. It might be outside. So um, I hope you can see through that and really get what I think is really the best quality content that you get anywhere in Australia. Thank you for being with me. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and positive cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. All right, so first question, should you go for an amazing undermarket deal or prioritize short plus long-term growth? How do you prioritize strategically for achieving passive income? Which of those two should you prioritize? Okay, that's the first question. Let's get into it. so let's just talk about some numbers let's say that your budget is four hundred thousand dollars okay let's just go with that for now and you're looking in the five suburbs or the ten suburbs that you know best around your local government area maybe around where you live okay the the areas that you know super well because you drive by them every single day you have a coffee at the local cafe you know the Woolies or Coles you know, you know this area really well, you can spot a deal if you see it, right? You've been living there for five, 10, 15 years, you know exactly when a property is a good deal. Okay, so let's say your budget is $400,000 and you've just found something, come up on realestate.com or, a, or an agent has um, contacted you and they've said, look, it's a, this is a property, you know, clearly the valuation is 400K, but because of whatever reason, you can get that property for 360k. Maybe it's a, you know, one of the D's. You know, maybe there's a death. Um of the vendor and so their kids are just trying to offload it real quick, not really caring about price too much, just want to get that settlement done and dusted in 21, 30 days. Something like that. Or maybe there's some other reason for it being a distressed property. Maybe it is, you know, they have a deadline. Someone's already bought a, another house and the, and the mum and dad or the family really need to vacate um, in the next 30 days. So that might be another reason that, that you might get an amazing deal or there might be, you know, there's different Ds, death, disease, distress, deadline, missing, I'm completely forgetting the others now, but for some reason you might get an amazing deal, right? Maybe $40,000 in the market value. And so I know, Every day of the week, people celebrate these deals. Okay, and it's it's okay. It's it's a good deal. You've just made eighty percent of forty thousand dollars of equity, right? So if you if the value was really four hundred thousand dollars, but you've got it for three hundred and sixty, then you can take out you know eighty percent of that difference, which is good. It's not bad. You know, really good deal, in, in one sense. But just zoom out a little bit. What if you expanded your horizons a little bit? What if you took a step back and actually considered the growth prospects of the area, of the suburb, of the property that you're interested in, okay? What if you considered property investing with a long-term mindset, with a long-term view, as well as a short-term view, okay? What you might miss out on is $40,000 of instant value, so to speak, that if you prioritize buying the best suburb for you, for your situation and circumstances across Australia, then bear with me, you might get something that is going to significantly outperform the property in your backyard that you've just got $40,000 under market value, okay? So short term, you would say, you know, how, how am I gonna leave 40K on the table, PK? Like, that's just stupid right? But, but stick with me here. So, let's say you bought in another place, maybe it's Hobart, maybe it's North Adelaide, maybe it's Southeast Brisbane, maybe it's regional Victoria, regional, you know, New South Wales, I'm just making these places up. Maybe you bought somewhere else, right? And because the market there, because the suburb there is actually likely and potentially already growing, you maybe can't get an amazing deal, right? If the market is already showing all these traits of growth, maybe you can't get an amazing deal, so to speak. Maybe you've bought a $400,000 property at 390, okay? Or even at 400 at market valuation. But now consider this, what if that $400,000 property in a growth suburb actually grew at 5% per annum, right? Over the long term, over five, 10 years, that property is going to give you hundreds of thousands of more dollars in your pocket well i lie it's not in your pocket it's it's paper money but hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity more than if you had bought in your own backyard even though you made forty thousand dollars immediately okay so in my mind we need to rethink we need to reimagine this concept of what an amazing deal is sure If you want to flip a property, you know, buy something that you can get under market value, you know, do whatever you want to do to it, get rid of it, instant cash. But if you genuinely want to make passive income over the long term, and I'm not saying five years, that's, you know, it's very hard to make a passive income in property in five years if you want to retire, Uh, but 10, 15 year type horizon, then look outside your backyard because I personally would sacrifice buying under market value of about $40,000. Every day of the week I'd sacrifice that if I can find a high growth suburb that will grow at four, five, six, seven, eight percent every single year, both in the short term and long term, whilst being positive cash flow. I would prioritize that every day of the week because even though I haven't made $40,000 immediately by buying under market value, you know, i've set myself up for the long term my passive income goal right juxtapose that versus the scenario where you buy in your backyard you've you know made you've made forty thousand dollars instant equity but that's kind of where it stops you know it's very 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 unlikely that your backyard suburb that you know really well just because you're in that area Is also going to grow at six, seven, eight percent per annum over the long term. In fact, hardly any suburbs do perform like that. It's almost impossible. I just want to kind of ram home this point that what constitutes a good deal to a strategic investor, a good property deal, is different to what constitutes a good property deal to a myopic um, property investors, someone that is less strategic and has a very short-term outlook, okay? Um, so always prioritize growth, always prioritize positive income simultaneously, and if you can get a good deal, if you can get, sorry, a under market value property at the same time, well, that's even better. But. When you're looking for a suburb that was going to grow, when you're looking for a suburb that will give you positive cash flow property, there's so many data factors that you're looking at. One of them is average vendor discounting, right? And average vendor discounting simply means in the suburb, what is the average amount or percentage that a vendor or seller has to discount their property? Okay, and so. If that average discount is 10%, some people would think, well, that's fantastic. You know, I'm getting an amazing deal. I can get a 10% discount, instant equity, high fives, lots of likes on Facebook, egometric, all that sort of thing. But if the average vendor discounting in the suburb is 10%, or even if it's 7%, or even if it's 6%, or even if it's 5%, that means that the demand for that suburb is not that crash hot. Okay, so, you know, when you, when you understand the data, you can really see through these things. If the average vendor discounting is really high and the listing price is almost never met, you know, everyone's getting a discount, then all these myopic property investors are high-fiving each other because they're getting, um, you know, not necessarily under market value properties, but properties that they've been able to discount a lot. You know, they're high-fiving each other. But what's actually happening is that suburb's not going to grow. That suburb has no hope of growing in the short term, in the first year, two years, etc. If that kind of discounting is is occurring, because demand is simply not there. Demand is so soft, that's why they're having to discount. Okay, so I kind of went off a tangent there, but back to the original point. What constitutes a good deal is short-term growth, long-term growth, and positive cash flow. Okay, A good deal is not necessarily when you can buy $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 under market value immediately. That's good, but you always want growth at the same time. And if you had to choose, always choose growth. Because growth will increase your wealth by hundreds of thousands of dollars. A good deal, buying forty, 000, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 under market value, gives you some instant gratification, but that's where it stops. Okay, so just beware as well of lots of um, professionals in the property industry. You know, there's plenty of good people as well. And there's plenty of people who A, don't know what they're doing themselves, or B, are purposely not telling you the right thing. They may be buyer's advocates, buyer's agent, you know, consultants. I class myself as a consultant as well. Advisors, there's so many names, right? Experts. There's all good people out there as well. But just be wary of those people that are promising you or luring you in based on buying under market value property there's nothing wrong with that but never sacrifice high growth high positive cash flow simultaneously and then the second question you know what are the three ways to start your property investment journey correctly and why a financial planner is not necessarily one of them. All right, So this answer goes through the things you need to know to successfully start and grow a successful property portfolio without really wasting money on advice that you don't really need. Let's do it. I think the general consensus is that people want a long-term plan, a game plan in place for them and their family so they know that they can achieve X by Y. And what do I mean by X by Y? I mean a certain amount of passive income by a certain time period. And I think people who aren't already property investors, and this might be you, People want a long-term strategy in place, a long-term go- game plan so they can just relax and they know that they're on the right track, they're on the right trajectory, they have the right steps in front of them to make sure that themselves and their family are going to be taken care of in 10, 15, 20 years time. That they will be able to generate a passive income so that themselves they can reduce their work or stop work or their family, you know, their husband, wife, whatever it may be can reduce work and really just spend more time with the kids, spend more time with, you know, with people they want to spend time with doing the things that they actually want to do, right? I hardly ever come across people, you know, want to buy a Ferrari or a mansion or anything like that. Most clients, most investors just want to buy some property so they they can retire early or at least have the flexibility to do so. But really people don't know how to start. They don't know how to, see between an accountant, a financial planner, a mortgage broker, all these people out there, how do I actually start? There's so much information out there. What are literally my next steps? So I'm going to share with you today the three things that um, you need to do to actually start and why a financial planner isn't actually part of that at all. Let me actually start with the financial planning side of things. So what a financial planner typically does is helps people buy insurance products. Okay, so life insurance, income protection insurance, total and permanent disability insurance, all these things that aren't really that useful and core to property investment. Also, what a financial planner does is help diversify your assets so that you can have a certain balance of assets in cash, in domestic stocks, international stocks, bonds, FX, commodities, all of these things. And they basically, according to the market, according to money markets and your risk profile, they allow you to keep a balanced or appropriate risk threshold across those asset classes. But 9.9 financial planners out of 10 have no idea about property, okay? They don't know the difference between should you buy new property or old property? Should you buy a duplex, a a freestanding house, and a townhouse or an apartment? Which city should you buy? Which suburb should you be buying? What yield should you be chasing? How do we get capital growth? How do we develop passive income? How do we buy positive cash flow property? All of these things are things that financial planners have no idea about. So if you are brand new to property investment, And if you're just thinking, look, I want a long-term game plan in, in place that is tailored to my situation, my circumstances, then a financial planner is definitely not someone that you need on your team right now. Once you have a portfolio, if you want to protect yourself when it comes to income protection and other insurances, then a financial planner can definitely help, an insurance broker can help as well but that's not where you start. Where you need to start is with a property expert, someone who actually knows property. Not someone who's trying to sell you a property, but someone who knows property. So what are the three things that you need to actually do to start property investing? Well, the first one is get really crystal clear on why it is that you want to invest in property. Do you want to grow your net equity, your net wealth, your net assets, so to speak? And, or do you want to generate a passive income? If it's the latter, then what exact passive income or ballpark do you want? So in 10 or 15 years time, are you okay with 50000 Do you want 70000 Do you want 100000 Do you want $200,000 of passive income? That's really critical, because your goal and time frame determines the way that you get there. Okay? The goal is not the strategy. The strategy is the how, the goal is the what. Okay? so. It's important to identify a goal and then work with someone to develop a long-term strategy so that you can get there. A goal is, you know, just a dream unless you have a a clear strategy in how to get there. So it's important to have a goal and it's important to have a strategy. A strategy means how many properties do I need, where should they be, what should the portfolio value be, which ones will I be keeping, which ones shall I be selling at the end of the 10 or 15 years time. What sort of yield do I need from those properties? What is the sequence in which I should buy those properties? Etc. So there's about 10 or 20 variables that go into developing a long-term strategy and I've just talked about a little uh, bit of the high-level ones just there. So that's the first thing, a long-term strategy. The second thing that you need to do is develop a short-term strategy. So I know exactly how I'm going to get to my long-term passive income goal, what is the very first property that I need to buy? Okay, so your very first property is dictated by four questions and their respective answers. The first question is what's my price point? Okay, and that's dictated by what you can afford to buy from a borrowing capacity perspective and how much equity or deposit you already have. Okay, so that's number one, well, let's call it A, price point. B is the yield. What yield does, do you need um, in that property? Do you want it to be positive cash flow? If so, do you want it to be 5.5% yield? 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever the case may be. And if you're not super clear on that, then you really can't take the next step. You know, It's not good enough to say, I want great yield. Okay, I want something to be positive cash flow. But you need to be super specific on what cash flow you need in order to achieve that passive income target. And you can only be specific if you already have that long-term strategy that we talked about. So if you've just joined this video, go back and, and listen from the start, because this might not make sense otherwise. Okay, so price point, yield. The third thing is your risk appetite. So are you happy to buy in regional places? Places like Mildura, Shepparton, even regional New South Wales, Orange, Cans, other places like that. Now I'm not recommending any of them, or not recommending, but regional areas tend to be a little bit more volatile than capital cities. So if you have that risk appetite, that opens your horizons, that opens and broadens where you can actually buy. And everyone's different. You're different to me, I'm different from you. So a risk appetite, a sleep at night factor is a very personal thing. So that's the third thing, or let's call it C. So A was price point. A B was yield, C is risk appetite, and D is whether you want to be active or passive, right? So do you want to be completely passive? If you're a mom or a dad, or you're completely busy with nine to five and children, then maybe you can't do a subdivision, a renovation, a splitter block, you know, anything like that. Maybe you just, all you can do is buy and hold property, set and forget, you know, um, residential property investment. And that's completely fine. But if you have more time, if you have more risk, then you can do more active strategies. And so the answer to A, B, C and D uh, really determines, really influences what you're going to buy to start with. Okay? Just zoom out a bit. You know, the three things that you need to do to start your property journey, long-term strategy, short-term strategy, which is A, B, C and D. And the third thing that you really need to do to start your property investment journey is suburb selection. The property type that you've selected, or you've determined is right for you based on the answers of A, B, C, and D, is one thing. But you need to know where should I buy this type of property? Okay, should it be in North Brisbane? Should it be in South Brisbane? Should it be in uh, Western Sydney? Should it be in? East Melbourne, should it be in Adelaide? And within that local government area, which suburb should you be buying within? Okay, and really suburb selection is where you make a lot of money in property investing, or you lose a lot of money in property investing. Okay, so hopefully that was uh, useful. Just to recap, you don't need a financial planner to develop a long-term game plan for you and your family so that you know without any anxiety that you have your finances covered that you can you know be financially independent in X years time you don't need a financial planner for that all you need is a property expert and you can do this yourself as well right with a with some well, a lot of education uh, but it's always good to lean on people that can really uh, be trusted are authentic and have your best interest at heart okay so You don't need a financial planner, but what you do need is a long-term strategy. How many properties, the sequence, your long-term goal for passive income, stress testing whether that's actually possible in your situation with your current income at the moment or not. Okay, once you have your long-term strategy, you pull that forward to your short-term strategy. Price point, yield, risk appetite, and active versus passive. A, B, C, D. Once you've answered those A, B, C, D for yourself, then you go to suburb selection okay so you notice how we haven't even gone on realestate.com yet notice how we've have all this work to do to set the foundations and we've not even talked about realestate.com in fact you don't even need to go on realestate.com to do suburb selection that should be the last place to go to select the best high growth suburb for your strategy for your answer to a b c and d okay so If you build really solid foundations behind your property investing, then you can build a really strong and tall tower, portfolio of properties on top. If you don't have that long-term strategy, if you don't have that short-term strategy, if you haven't done that foundational work, then the suburb that you select is not going to be great. The property that you select might end up being not fit or inappropriate for your long-term passive income goals. You don't know the number of times I talk to investors who already have portfolios of two, three, four, five properties, only to end up thinking, well, I have a lot of properties, the ego metric is high, but I'm not generating my goal, I'm not generating the passive income that I want. Okay, so I really encourage you, don't be, anal- don't be paralyzed by all the work to do, it's all very possible. But before you, you know, engage someone, make sure they're doing these steps for you. Don't engage someone that just goes and buys a property for you. Don't engage someone who's a financial planner and expect them to develop a property strategy. Don't even engage a mortgage broker thinking that they will develop these strategies for you. They all have their place in the world, but you don't need any of those to create a strategy. In fact, none of those people will be able to do what I've just said that you need to do. Okay, for that, you need education, 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 education. Education is knowledge, knowledge is empowering, but only if you act upon it. So if you're serious about your long-term passive income goals, if you are you know, sitting there thinking, I've been thinking about property for so long, I already have a portfolio, but it's not achieving what I want it to achieve, then just step back. You don't need all of these so-called experts and, and professionals that will buy you property, that will get you a loan, that will create um, security for you in terms of insurance products. What you need is a trusted person, just a human (laughs) that you can rely on to A, develop a strategy, long-term, short-term, help you with suburb selection, help you with property selection, the list goes on. Okay, so hopefully that gave you a lot of value, guys. Like this is sort of the type of content that no one is kind of brave enough to produce. Um, And I'm just doing it because I feel that I have, you know, like I'm not here to make a quick buck. I'm just trying to give you what you may want, but sometimes actually what you need. All right. So thank you for being with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this amazing, amazing community. The podcast audience is growing by thousands every single month thank you for being with me. And if you want, I don't really ask for this, I think too much, but if you want, if you feel inspired on Spotify or iTunes, leave me a review. Hopefully it's a good review, but even if it's not like, I just really appreciate your feedback. My name's PK and I'll see you next time. Catch you later. Bye.